You're listening to the Travel Geniuses podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 45. There's some tough love in this episode, but I promise it's just because I want the best for you. Hey, Travel Geniuses, Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode. I feel like a broken record because I want to say it's been a while. And because of COVID and this episode still has something to do with COVID and the changes that are going to happen in the industry because of it. But this is still a little bit different and a little more upbeat in my opinion. Um, So I know a lot of you are still feeling really down and beat up and hopeless, maybe, um, things are bad. And I'm not going to try to pretend that they're not. I expected another something to happen at some point. It always does. And the travel industry is always going to be affected when things like this happen, because what we do is not, um, necessary for life. It's not putting roofs over people's heads or providing food or nutrients or electricity or the internet or any of that stuff. It's a completely optional thing. And it's um, in a lot of cases, just an, an added bonus to a lot of people's lives. So the first thing to go is always going to be the vacation. Um, so I knew you know, it's not if something like this is going to happen, it's when with this industry. I just had no idea and could have never predicted something like this. Even when we started hearing about COVID and the coronavirus and stuff months and months and months ago, um, I still thought, oh, it's going to be a couple weeks. We'll get a handle on it. It's going to go away and travel's going to bounce right back. I, I had no way of ever imagining that we'd be months and months into this and travel being pretty much at a standstill. And all that to say, I know this is really terrible. Um, I know a lot of you are considering leaving the industry altogether. Um, a lot of you are struggling financially. So I'm not trying to sugarcoat that or um, invalidate your feelings around that. But I do want to give you some hope and tell you why I'm actually kind of excited right now about the future of the travel industry, because this will go away. We will get a handle on covid it's just the world is going to look completely different after this. And the these pale in comparison, but the only things I can think of to compare this to are like when the airlines cut commissions to travel agents and um, after 9-11, things have never gone back to the same, the way they were before. So think of all the things I was telling my daughter the other day, like, We used to be able to go all the way to the gate with people when they were traveling. We used to be able to wait at the gate. We didn't have to go through metal detectors and x-ray machines and um, only have tiny little bottles in our carry-ons and things like that. Like the world was completely different back then. There's so much that has changed now, especially around travel because of 9-11. And I think this instance right here is going to be the same. There are things, things will get better and some things will go back to normal, but other things will never be the same. And I want to talk about a few of those things today. I really struggled, again, sounding like a broken record because I feel like I've said this the last several episodes, but I struggled with this one and 
as always, I recorded it three or four different times and just didn't feel good about it. I actually had it all edited and ready to go and just was feeling really yucky about it. So I did some journaling, wasn't like getting deep into what the podcast should be about, but I just was feeling yucky in general. And um, through thinking through all of that, I just realized that I was putting too much pressure on this episode and what I wanted to say. I'm not an expert on all the things I'm going to talk about, but I am bringing some experts on. So this is kind of a preview episode of just to give you a heads up what the topics are going to be that I'm going to be covering for the next several months. Um, I don't know how long. It just depends on what you guys want me to talk about or would like to have experts on about and what ideas I have on my own and how many experts I decide to have on it just I'm gonna keep going on these topics until I feel like we've covered most of them. But the main idea behind this one, this particular episode is to just give you a little bit of a preview and set the idea in your head or help you understand that things are going to be different. They're never going to be the same. And we need to be prepared for that. And there are things you're going to have to do different in your business because of all of that. So one thing I want to say first, I've mentioned that some of you are probably out there feeling pretty defeated, probably considering or have already made the decision to close down your business and not sell travel anymore. And I want to just give you a little bit of not advice, but just a suggestion to consider something to think about. Um, It's completely your choice. And I don't I'm not saying you're wrong for closing your business and leaving the travel industry if that's what you feel is right. I don't, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of that, but there have been a couple times in my life where I did try to leave the industry and it's just in my blood and I can't not be involved in the travel industry. Um, so if that sounds like you, but you're in a place financially where you need to be bringing in some money, even when travel starts to pick up again and and you start getting bookings, we all know it's going to be a while before those commissions actually start coming in. So maybe you're in a place where you just need to be earning some additional income or some other income. And there's nothing wrong with getting a part-time job or full-time job somewhere just to keep things going until you can start making money with your travel business again. So I just want to say that up front because I have been seeing agents saying that they are closing their doors after so many years and just don't have the heart for it anymore. And I completely understand that. But if you're in that mindset, it's fine. But also just consider maybe pushing the pause button instead of the eject button on that. Well, that's two different analogies there. But anyway, just consider maybe pausing things for a little bit, but not giving up completely and just see what happens in the next six months to a year. Okay, so now on to the main point of this episode. And I've already said it, things are never, ever, ever going to be the same. And the main difference and the main thing I really want to drive home in this episode is that the days of treating your business like a hobby are over. If you want a travel business and you want to be a travel agent and you want to succeed at that, you have to start treating this like a business and not like a hobby. And there are several ways that agents have been doing this, just kind of dabbling and in, in like pretending it's a business, but not really treating it like a business. And those days are done. And I'm not going to... um contribute to that anymore. And what actually kind of 
made this click in my head is I was writing something for my insiders group. And I said something about if you charge fees. And I thought, I can't say that anymore. I can't, in good conscience, pretend that it's okay for you to not charge fees because it's not okay anymore. It's okay if this is a hobby and you're just kind of doing this for fun and helping family and friends and you don't want to charge a fee, that's fine. But if this is your business and this is how you're making your living, you need to treat it like a business. And that means you have to charge for your time and your services. So the first thing you need to do is really believe that you deserve the fee and that you're worth it. So I've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes. In episode seven and episode 28, I talked a lot about charging fees, um, but I'm just going to really quick review an exercise that I think will help you a lot in this area. And this is actually something I got from a book called Who the F Am I to Be a Coach? And I don't know why there's this thing with everybody putting swear words in their book titles, but um, I didn't name the book. I'm just telling you about it because it was a really good book and it's super, it's a very small book, but very impactful, even if you're not planning on being a coach. But I want you to um, get really clear and confident in what you do as a travel agent and what you are bringing to your clients. If you don't think that you're adding value to their vacations and um, making the process of planning a vacation less stressful and better for them, then you don't have business being a travel agent, even if you're not charging a fee. I've said this before, and I truly believe it. Even if you're a brand new agent, you are still bringing value to the vacation and the planning experience. But I want you to believe it. So I want you to make a few lists. And the first is I want you to make a list of the things you can guarantee your clients. Now in the book, um, one of the questions or one of the answers to this, one of the guarantees was I can listen to my clients. So it's something as simple as that. Just spend some time really thinking about what can you absolutely guarantee your clients? You can guarantee them that you will listen to them. You will listen to their desires for the vacation. You will take that into account when you're planning the vacation. So you're not just grabbing something off the shelf. Um, You can guarantee that you will always put what they want and what would be best for them as far as this vacation goes first that they're, they'll be your first priority. So spend some time first just thinking of all the things that you can guarantee no matter what you can guarantee this to the people that choose to work with you to plan their vacation. And the next thing that you're going to be thinking about and making a list of are the results you'll provide for your clients when you they trust you to plan their vacation. So the results will be a vacation that is planned specifically for their needs and desires, a vacation that has elements in it that they maybe didn't know were possible. Um, They weren't, they're not in the travel industry, so they don't know all the options and fun things that they can do. So you're able to give them experiences that they maybe wouldn't have even been aware were possible without working for you. You can give them a stress-free or stress-less vacation planning process. So you're taking care of all the details, monitoring payment dates, uh, re-verifying reservations, all of that, so that they can enjoy the planning process almost as much as they enjoy the vacation itself. So that's the other thing I want you to list is the results that you can provide and the things that you can give to them and why working with you is going to be better than them planning this on their own. So two lists. Uh, One is the things you can guarantee, and two is the results that you will provide for them. 
And I don't want you to just make these lists and then put them away somewhere, throw them away or whatever. I want you to read these every week if possible. Every day is even better, but if you can just make a habit of every Monday reading this list, uh, one thing you could do is create a reminder on your phone or your calendar where it just pops up so you're seeing it. Um, Maybe take one item from those lists and create a reminder of just that. So every once in a while throughout the day, your phone will go off and one of those results that you can provide, one of those things you can guarantee that will pop up on your phone. I can guarantee my clients X. Um, So just make sure you're thinking about those and being aware of them all day, every day until you start to internalize them and start to really live in the results that you're able to provide and the things that you're able to do for your clients so that you really believe it. At first, you might still feel a little uncertain and insecure about what you're doing as an agent and your abilities and what you're providing to your clients. But if you repeat this stuff to yourself enough, you'll start to really internalize it and believe it. One other thing you can do, and this is just something I've been working at for a little while and I wasn't planning on talking about it, but it just came to my mind that this would be a good, helpful tool in this instance as well is take all those client testimonials. And when you have enough 20, 30 or so, create one of those like photo books. Shutterfly, I think, is one of the cheaper options. You can have a book made of all the great client testimonials, maybe include a picture of the client's vacation. So then sometimes when you're starting to doubt yourself, just flip through that a little bit and look at what you've made possible for other people and how you've just made their vacation so much better and remind yourself of that as often as you can. Okay, so I don't want this whole episode to be about fees. I've done two episodes on that already. Again, episode seven, episode 28. Um, But one last thing on fees, I not only want you to charge fees, but I want you to make it super clear that these fees are not refundable for any reason. They're not going to be applied to the trip. Um, These are your fees for your work, whether they go on the trip or not. And um, a lot of agents, a lot of you listening have maybe seen the light and understand now why this is so important, because you were left not only doing a whole bunch of extra work that was removing all of the commission that you had made up until that point, but you hadn't charged any fees, or maybe you made your fee refundable as well. So now you've literally got six months to a year or more of work that you've done and have not only zero to show for it, but hours and hours and hours of extra work to show for that too. And you've literally not made a penny. So not only do I want you to charge fees going forward, but I don't want you giving those back no matter what, even if the trip gets canceled for reasons outside of your control and outside of your client's control, you've already done the work you deserve to keep that payment. I don't know why we as agents have such a hard time valuing what we do and taking ourselves seriously as business people. But my exercise for you for this point is to spend some time thinking about every profession that you can think of, anybody you've ever hired to do work for you, anybody you think other people hire people to do work for them. Um, But think about all these people who charge for their services and their time. And let me know if you come up with any where they will refund that money if things don't happen and the end result doesn't ever 
isn't needed. So think about a wedding planner. If you hire somebody to plan a wedding and you call off the wedding or something like COVID happens and you have to postpone it, are they going to give you the money back that they've earned already planning that whole wedding? No way. Uh, if you hire an attorney to create a contract for you, and then for whatever reason, you don't need the contract, or you just decided to go in a different direction, are they going to give you that money back that you paid, even if they haven't given you the completed contract? If you've paid for their time already, and they have it most of the way done, are they going to give you that money back? No way. If you hire an attorney to represent you in a trial, and the case gets dismissed, or for whatever reason just doesn't happen, you decide to settle out of court, I'm hoping none of you are getting sued, but this is just an example of a profession that you might hire somebody for. They're not going to give you that money back that they've already earned up to that point just because for some reason the trial doesn't happen. So I don't know why, and I'm not like blaming you guys. I've had this sort of mindset block as well. I don't know why it's so hard for us to view ourselves as professionals and to view our work as worthy and our time as worth what we're charging for it and why we feel like we have to just kind of, you know, okay, and do the little sad puppy dog eyes and give people money back for work that we've already done. So um, hopefully I've made that point. Sorry, guys, I'm getting really uh, passionate about this topic. But I think I'm just so frustrated now. And it's just kind of hit me over the last month or so how few agents are um, treating their businesses like real businesses and treating themselves like real professionals. Uh, And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying it's your fault. It's just been like this message we've been getting over all these years that we just are the order takers and we're not worth anything. And I don't know, I'll, I'll have to spend some time unpacking my thoughts around this, but something I'm super passionate about. And I am going to catch myself from now on if I ever act like you don't need to be charging fees. You know, it's your choice if you want to, it's not. If this is your business, you have to charge fees. And if this is your business and you're a professional, you deserve to keep that fee for your work. You don't need to give it back, even if something like a pandemic happens and the trip gets canceled. Uh, you've done the work already. So just make sure when you're wording this. And again, when I said this is like an intro, I'm going to have some people on. I'm hoping to get an attorney on to help you figure out how to, how to, like put this in your contract, but spend some time thinking about framing your fee, not as like a reservation fee or a service fee, but as a design fee and make it clear in your wording that this is a a price for your time. Um, I'll spend some time thinking about it too. And I'll let you know in an email newsletter or something if I come up with a really good way to get this across. But I think words are really important and the way you frame it as not like this is planning your trip. This is my time designing the vacation. And they're welcome to use that design later if something happens. But I want you to make it super clear that they're not going to get that money back. Okay, enough of that. (laughs) Let's move on to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is contracts, which is the thing that makes me really nervous about this episode. So I'm just going to say right off, I am not an expert on this. I'm not an attorney. I don't even play one on TV. I don't 
I'm not an expert in any way, but one thing I think that's going to have to change. I don't think it, I know it. This has to change you guys. If, if this is your business, you have to be more diligent and thoughtful about the contracts and making clients sign waivers and agree to terms and conditions and all of that. So not only your contract, so I want you to have a contract in place that explains your role in this relationship, what the fee you're charging covers, that it's non-refundable, all of that fun stuff. Um, You also need to be providing a form from the client acknowledging that you did offer insurance. You need to always offer insurance, whether they take it or not. It's not up to you, but you need to be offering it and you need to make them sign a form saying that I have been offered this insurance and I'm declining it. You also need to make them agree to and sign something that says I have read the terms of the insurance that I'm purchasing because I know a lot of people, I'm raising my hand here because I didn't really understand this either, were surprised that because entire countries were shut down due to COVID, your insurance didn't cover that cancellation for you. So I was a little shocked by that. I know a lot of you were as well. Um, That was not a pleasant surprise. Also, make sure that they're signing off on the cancellation policies for any suppliers you are um, booking them through. Uh, So for instance, back when I worked at a brick and mortar agency, most of the clients were quite elderly and older, didn't really understand the internet very well. This was years ago, you guys. Um, And they didn't like doing things online and all the cruise lines were making all the documents e-documents. So they had to log into the cruise line and enter their information and all of this stuff. And so to make it easier, a lot of agents were going on and filling out that information for the clients. And I know some of you are still doing this. Um, Do not do that because within all of that stuff, the client is clicking a box or several boxes saying, I understand and agree to the cancellation policy. I understand and agree to these other policies. And if you're on there doing that, the client could, should something happen, come back on you and say, I didn't read that. You filled it out for me. And that could entangle you in some sort of lawsuit or something. Listen, this stuff doesn't happen very often. So I don't want you scared to own a business and run a business. But these little things on the off chance, the one in a million chance that something comes back on you, these little steps that you're taking will help protect you. So you have to be, don't just, oh, these clients are friends. It'll be fine. No, this is a business you're a professional and you need to treat it like that. So make sure you're having the client sign off on all of those waivers and agreeing to all the terms and conditions with every supplier that you're using. And not only have them do it, but you can have your own waiver or form and like have check boxes in there. Like, yes, I have read the cancellation policy and terms and conditions for XYZ supplier. Have all of those in there. Um, and again, not an expert here, not a lawyer, but I believe that most of your, if you're using like travel joy or vacation CRM or something like that, there should be a way to make that form available to your clients where it's just sent automatically. So if this is an uncomfortable conversation for you, just same with fees and all of that stuff. I know sometimes it's really uncomfortable if you're not used to it. Um, a couple of tips, this wasn't planned either, but I used to work at a call center for a credit card company. 
a long story short, but somehow I ended up working in like their early collections department. And one thing we had to do was call and say, Hey, your payments like 10 days late, just wanted to remind you, can we schedule a payment for you? And if they had several accounts and only one was past due and the others weren't due for like 20 or 30 days, we still were held. That was like part of our metrics. So we had to get payment promises for each of those. And I didn't like doing that. I didn't like doing it first of all, but I also, it was really uncomfortable to ask them to make the payment for their one that wasn't even due for, you know, three weeks or so. Um, and so I would never want to do that, but my trainer at the time, she had these long nails and she, as I'm on the phone with people, she's tapping on my screen on that account, like tap, 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 tap. You better ask about that one. You better ask about that one. And she just was on me all the time. And I loved her, but like, I didn't want to ask. It was uncomfortable and it was awkward, but because she was constantly on me about it, I had to start doing it. And like a month later, it was no big deal. Like I could, I was top on my team. I was asking everybody, getting all the promises. So my point is, I know you're not working in a collection department, but um, my point with all of that is that even though something feels really awkward and uncomfortable now, if you just force yourself to do it enough, it will get so easy, you'll look back on it and think, why the heck was I even ever worried about that? Like, it's no big deal. You know, just you you have to just do it to get comfortable is the first point. The second point is think about ways to say things and present things that aren't as uncomfortable. So when I was making those calls and asking people to make a payment 24 days in advance, the script that they gave us and the way they wanted us to say it didn't really feel like me, like it was was not something that felt natural to say. So I just played around with different ways to ask that question that felt good to me and paid attention to which ones got results. And eventually I came up with something that did feel good to say and didn't feel uncomfortable and I didn't feel bad about it. So just spend some time really thinking about ways to mention things, to ask for things that feel good to you. Um, and you can also, like I said, automate a lot of this. So set up auto emails and um, have these things in there. Have the your fee listed on your website so that if somebody calls you as a prospect, chances are they already know you're going to charge a fee and they already know what that is. So that whole conversation is a lot more comfortable. So that's two things. Just do it until it feels comfortable, but also spend some time experimenting with different ways to make it feel comfortable for you. What works for somebody else might not work for you, but listen to what other people do and adopt some, you know, like one thing this agent does and another thing that another agent does until you come up with something that works for you. But regardless, this is not something that is optional. It's something you have to do if you plan to run this as a business and not a hobby. Okay, guys, I promise I'm almost done. I am getting like intense with this episode. And I apologize if it comes across as like, I don't know, not as nice and friendly to listen to. I'm saying all of this with love. I just I really feel this and I really want you to change the way you think about yourself and your business. And I want you to to think of yourselves and see yourselves as the professionals that you are. So anyway, almost done. (laughs) Last thing that I think is going to change permanently 
because of all this stuff happening with COVID right now is your relationship with your partners. And this is something I've been aware of for a long time. And the first person I heard mention it or even suggest this thing, this idea of us kind of taking the backseat to our supplier partners is Bob Jocelyn. Um, He, I don't know what he's doing now, but he used to run... I should have looked it up before I wasn't planning on talking about him, but he runs like mastermind groups almost for agency owners and really makes you look at all your numbers and face them and come up with a plan to change the ones that are not the way you like them. So he does really great work, but uh, he was working with the owner of the agency I worked at and um, mentioned one time when he was in the office, talked about how kind of unfair it is when we did co-op ads and things with suppliers. So I don't know that this still, what's probably not happening now because we don't use newspapers as much, but back in the day, this is telling you how long I've been in the industry. uh, We used to run ads in the newspaper and suppliers would always approach us and say like, we'll pay 50% of the ad, you know, and you pay the other 50% and we'll put your name on it, which sounds great, right? Because you can't afford a full add on your own. So this is a way for you to be able to afford it. The problem is 99% of the ad is all about what the supplier was doing, you know, the cruise or whatever. Uh, 99% of the ad is all them. And then teeny tiny letters at the bottom would be your agency name and phone number or email address. And that's it. And you're paying half of that to advertise them. Uh, Another thing that used to happen was Oh, I'm getting off track now, but whatever, we're here. (laughs) Uh, They would say, oh, you pay us a dollar per flyer or 50 cents per flyer, or you just pay the the postage and we'll send all these flyers to your whole entire client base, which again, sounds great because all you have to do is pay the shipping or the postage on it. But no, really what they're doing is making you pay them for them to be able to send ads to your client base. And again, it was a brochure all about them and what they provided in a little tiny thing on the back, like the address thing saying it's from you, which isn't very fair. So my point in all of that is just to say that the relationship between the suppliers and agents has been needing to change for a long time. It's been very unfair for a long time. And I think maybe that is part of what leads us to not see ourselves as professionals because so much of what we're being told is all about promoting suppliers and don't even get me started on supplier ads and promotions on your website. You guys, uh, that's not a good thing in my opinion, but, um, it, it's just kind of been an unfair relationship. And if you're going to be trading your business, if you want this to be a business and you're a professional, you need to treat it that way, even with your, relationship to your supplier partners. And they are our partners, you guys. So I'm not saying, you know, go blast them and like, who needs them? We need them. They need us. It's a partnership. It's not all one sided, though. They also need us. And that's not been more clear than now. So it's time to rethink that whole relationship. And I think that's why I'm kind of excited about this change that's going to be happening. I'm not excited about the point we're in right now. But I'm so excited about what things are going to look like on the other side. And I think this is such a great opportunity to completely reimagine what it means to be a travel agent and what your business can look like. And again, your 
relationship with your suppliers is one of those things that's going to need to change. So the first thing you need to do is decide who you will and will not work with. We've all kind of seen now who has our back and who doesn't. And I'm not going to get into specifics. Uh, If there's somebody you are working with that you feel like completely dropped the ball, you do not have to work with them anymore. Um, And you can tell your clients that if they come to you and say, hey, I want to book through XYZ. I want to go on this cruise line. I want to go with this tour operator. You can tell them I don't book them. Like sometimes it might be the cheaper option, of course, but your responsibility to your client is to make sure that they have a great vacation, not to make sure that they pay the lowest price. And if they are going to be just gunning for the lowest price and you know that things are not going to turn out well should something not go as planned, it's your responsibility to say, I don't trust that supplier. I'm not like, here's why I don't work with them. Here's why I don't recommend them to you. I don't want to be held responsible if something goes wrong. So I'm not going to book that like you're within your right to say that. And to be honest, I think the right client and the type of client that you want to build a long term relationship with will respect that and will appreciate what you bring to the table even more, knowing that you're not just booking what they're telling you're not just an order taker you're somebody who's actively looking out for their best interest so just pay attention and i'm not saying like of course wait times are horrendous like this across all industries has been a horrible time for everyone and there were not only a higher number of calls because everybody on earth is trying to cancel vacations at the same time but also um call centers weren't prepared for having people suddenly overnight having to move and start working from home. So getting equipment and getting the technology in place for people to work from home wasn't something that they could fix overnight. There were also a lot of um, decisions that had to be made in the back end of things by executives and how are they going to handle cancellations and all of that. So I'm not saying if everything didn't go perfectly that you shouldn't work with a certain supplier. I'm just saying use your gut and you know who had your back and who did the right thing in the long run and who didn't. So, you know, make choices based on that. And going forward too, uh, you, like I said, don't have to work with companies that your clients come to work with the people that you know are going to be there to help if something doesn't go right. Then you have to find out what their plan is going forward. What is their plan to keep people safe and healthy, their employees, their travelers? Uh, How will they get people home if something like this happens again? That was a major problem. And I think that's going to be a big stressor for people uh, going forward as far as travel goes. Like, what if I'm stuck overseas somewhere and something like this happens again, how am I going to get home? So what is their plan to get people home if they have to in an emergency? How much cash do they have on hand for refunds? What are they doing with those deposits that people are paying? Are they spending that right away? Or is that going in a fund somewhere and they don't touch it until the people actually travel? So those are all things that you are within your right to ask. And it's important to know those things. And those are things that you can share with your clients as well. That's another value add is like, I have your back. I'm checking to make sure that the companies we're using to put your vacation together are reputable and are going to be there and are safe and secure. And should the worst happen, we're in a good position. You're not just losing everything. And I know it's a lot of information to have and to keep on top of, but this is another reason why I think it's so important to specialize. And if you haven't caught those episodes yet, I do have an episode on um, 
choosing your niche and another one on specializing. And if you are new here, what I think your niche is and what I think it should be is the type of people and the group of people that you help. And your specialty is the type of travel you sell or a destination that maybe you specialize in. So river cruising or Europe or something like that, that's your specialty. And uh, another reason I don't just make that up and like decide that sounds like a fun thing to tell you to do. There are reasons behind it, a lot of reasons. And one of them is that it's much easier to narrow your list of suppliers down when you have a really tight niche and a few specialties that you or a few destinations or types of travel that you specialize in, because then you're not trying to learn 500 different companies policies around all of this you just have a handful and you're using the same ones over and over and over again. You'll learn as you start booking trips and trying out new suppliers, you'll learn who does a better job and and who you want to work with long term. And then it's easier to keep on top of their policies and their procedures and know what they're doing to protect your client. So um, that's another reason why you should specialize. And if you haven't heard those episodes, um, episode three is the one about choosing your niche and episode 12 is how and why to become a specialist. So if you haven't heard those, I suggest re-listening, but um, you don't have to know everything, but that's why it's important to have just a few suppliers that you work with all the time. So you're not constantly having to relearn all the time. And I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I booked Oh, one of my friends wanted to do a group cruise. And I said, sure, thinking I knew what she was going to want, but they wanted Well, I won't say who it was, but a cruise line, that's fine. I just hadn't really worked with them before or a whole lot. So I didn't know how the reservations worked. I didn't know all the rules around families and groups and all of this stuff. And thank goodness everything went off fine. But I spent a lot of time (laughs) fixing things that I had done or told people and then realized later I was wrong because I didn't understand how things worked. So you're not only like saving yourself by knowing how things are going to be handled in an emergency, but by having just a few suppliers you work with over and over and over again, your favorites, you know how things work. And so you're saving yourself all that time I wasted trying to sort things out and fix mistakes. So anyway, just know your suppliers, make a list of things that you want to make sure you're keeping track of and hold them accountable. And you're again, you don't have to just work with everybody. It's not a privilege to be able to book a supplier. It's a right that they have to earn and you are allowed to be choosy about who you work with. Okay, I have talked enough. (laughs) Um, Like I said, this is just like an intro to things that I'm going to be talking about more in future episodes. So I'm going to be having some agents on who have rethought the model of what it is to be a travel agent and are more fee-based than commission-based. I'm going to be having um, hopefully some attorneys and some uh, accountants or somebody with some tips on how to set up your accounting as a travel agent and make sure that your business is secure should things like this happen again. Um, I'm also going to be really focusing on some U.S.-based suppliers. So my prediction is that for the next bit, um, a lot of people are going to want to stay close to home. And I want you to be prepared to help them stay close to home and be the one making those trips happen. I just want to make sure that you guys are aware of who you can use if your clients want to travel in the US and 
and I'm going to be asking questions too, like I mentioned before, like, what are, what are your plans if something like this is to happen again? What are you doing to keep people safe and healthy on your trip? So um, keep an eye out or an ear out for those as well. Okay, that's it. I'm tired of talking. You're probably tired of listening to me talk. I hope this was helpful. And I hope you're looking forward to what I have coming up. Because like I said, this is just kind of a preview and an overview of what I think the changes are that need to be made going forward for you and your business to come out of this stronger than you were before. And I am going to bring some experts in to kind of drive these home a little bit more and give you some more examples of things like this. So I hope this helped. And I hope you're looking forward to what's coming up. I will see you then. Have a great week. 